Lori Hybe, Chris Harrington, and Aaron Courtney, three broads, bringing you stories and strategies, exploring manufacturing topics that challenge the status quo while laying the foundations for future success. Together with special guests, they'll celebrate what's working and unpack what is not so you can learn, grow, and succeed. You want to learn more about your hosts? Make sure to listen to episode one. All right. I'm I'm not a fan typically of bringing time sensitive stuff to the topic of the the conversation here. However, today was a pretty exciting day. Um, did you guys watch The Rocket this morning? SpaceX. <laughs> I did not. You knew where I was going there, right, Erin? I totally did. I was like, it's gonna be that damn rocket. She's gonna want to talk about that rocket. And I got I got nothing. I you saw a picture. I was like, me. oh, that one doesn't look like a penis, like the last one. <laughs> that was the full extent of my thoughts on that matter. But I'd like to hear what what you oh, is on. So I'm 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 have a very personal invested interest in just this because um, you know, I think I've shared with you. Uh, my husband and I bought a condo in South Padre Island and SpaceX is right there. So we oh. were down there and I actually drove and like, I have my picture in front of the rocket. So I was like, oh. I need to watch this thing. Oh. So, yeah. So that's cool. It, it was, it was cool. And I that's was just like, cool. I got emotional watching it this morning, which Aww. is weird, but um, it's exciting. It's like, this is major history being made. I mean, the, the primary goal with their, all this testing that they're doing is to get people to Mars. Yes. So, wow. I mean, it's awesome. So, um, yeah. you are such a future optimist. I love it. I always like for I nerdy. On these calls. I, I know <laughs> you are. You're a dork, and it's so good because inevitably I arrive kind of like about the state of the world, and you're like, oh my god, the rocket, the AI, the robot, everything's cool. And I'm like, okay, maybe it is. All right. Hey, oh, we love you. nerds. Come on, that's awesome. That's true. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. Talk I about love it. No, I love <laughs> it. I mean it. It's I, I wasn't even aware. I didn't know that it was successful. I knew it was going to happen, but I didn't catch anything today. So oh, it, well, it, I'm part of all these Facebook groups about rocket launches and nerdy stuff. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Anywho, we have an amazing guest with us today. Uh, Robota, R- Roberta Oldenburg brings over 20 years of experience in the design and construction industry to her role as director of business development at Findorf. As a leader in the male-dominated construction industry, Roberta has served in multiple roles throughout her career, from on-site engineer to virtual modeler, to business developer. Regardless of her title, she has a special focus on helping women succeed through mentorship, unique learning opportunities, and encouragement. Robbie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lori. Yay. Well, it was so great to meet you and to learn only that you're in, you know, an industrial um, space, but you have an amazing story to share and you are a huge advocate for women in male dominant industries. So um, talk about that a little bit. Why did you see the need to get involved or create this women focused, these women focused organizations? Well, you know, I grew up in a small town and my mom, I had, we had like a um, untraditional relationship where my mother was wore the pants of the family and stuff. And so I always had this female support person who told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. Woo-hoo. And there was no male 
male work or women's work and stuff. And I was so fortunate. But then when I came into the industry, I noticed not every woman has that. And they don't have the support from other individuals and they don't know their um, value. So it was really important for me to get involved in some of these organizations and really to help bring up our other women um, peers in the AEC industry. Nice. Can you tell us some of the names of the organizations that you've been a part of just so we get a, you know, we in the audience get a good feel for that? Oh, absolutely. So W Crew was one of the first organizations I joined, which was Women in Commercial Real Estate Wisconsin. And then we have Women in Design, MKE, which is um, based with a bunch of my design partners and friends as I went to school for architecture. And that was to help us women to promote each other and promote ourselves and share all the great things we're doing. Empower Her is a newer organization that I'm helping with and assisting with, um, and that is focused on the craft ladies in the field. Mm. And then one other one um, that I'm working with is Women Developing Wisconsin in partnership with MSOE, which is, again, uh, um, connecting the bridge between students, professionals, and really empowering and helping women network so that they can grow. How do you have time to do all of those things? (laughs) (laughs) I just can't help myself. Um, as you know, I am, I haven't been working for two weeks um, right now as I'm beginning my new role. And everyone's like, are you still working, Robbie? I'm like, yes, I am. I have an event tonight, which I'm going to have nine um, on the topic of what's next in a rapid speed type style presentation. And then in two weeks, we have the Women Developing Wisconsin. You are. I know I saw your name on the um, (laughs) list. I was so excited. I'm like, Lori's going to be there. Oh, so fun. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And it's so amazing. It's such a safe space for women. And we we get a variety of women that will come and present and share their stories. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Well, and I'm so glad that you're here telling us about these different organizations, because a lot of them I've never heard of before. So there are things that we can look into after this. But I'm curious, you know, as you've been a part of some of these organizations, how have you seen them change or evolve over time? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, I I feel like when I first started in when I was younger, it was more about professional development. um, And, you know, equity is a big word these days, right? We're trying to get equity for everyone. And so we're focused more on professional women rising up to the glass ceiling, breaking the glass ceiling. And now um, we're, we're focused more, me being in construction, is looking at the craft or the women that are in the trades and how can we bring equity to those women um, anywhere from childcare or just having the support or membership mentorship to um, support them. And again, we think about all of us are, I would say kind of like office individuals, but we're not boots on the ground in the field, putting concrete in place. And so as these organizations, as we're growing and stuff, we're really diving in deeper to really help, other individuals that may not have the same resources that we have. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's really cool. And I think that that's it. The time has definitely come because the focus has been on, you know, the professional class and equity for so long. And there, 
you can't help but just think about what a different and actually amazing experience the women, like you said, that are on the floor in the field are having and the advocacy that that we need to have for them as well. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it takes a team. I mean, really, truly, there are so many women that are involved and that are helping out and really identifying people with different um, capabilities and stuff to make the best opportunities available. Yeah, it, you, talking about this just remind me that this morning I was watching Spectrum News to catch the weather and they had run, since we're all women in Wisconsin right now, they were interviewing women firefighters in the local area. I don't know if any of you saw that, cool. um, but Madison has quite a few women firefighters and they were talking about uh, Madison and then Milwaukee has a smaller number of uh, women, but they are growing and they're trying to bring people in. And I always thought that would be kind of a fun career. And I do sometimes think about maybe later when I retire, I'll go do something with the fire department. <laughs> but but I'm curious um, too, if, so how do you see these women organizations as still relevant. You know, I belong to women in manufacturing. And I think, you know, 20 years ago, when I was, um, you know, making my way way in a career path in manufacturing, I certainly didn't have a lot of mentors um, at that time, because it was such a male dominated industry. Today, when we look out, I, I do see more women in the workplace. Do you think we should be calling out these specific organizations for women or, um, you know, how is that changing and how is it still relevant in your mind? Yeah. You know, um, so about a year ago, I'll be quite honest. I asked that question to myself. I'm like, have we made it? Are we there? Are we like equals? Do we have everything that any man has? Can we have a seat at the table? And I questioned like all my involvement in all of these organizations. And then I was out golfing one day and I was with a senior woman who was still struggling with some of the things that some that we would have experienced when we were younger, whether it's manning or not getting a seat at the table, not being heard. And it really resonated like it is 2023. And if we still have senior women that are still struggling that's not a good sign. There's no way we should still be at that point. So mm-hmm. it's it's really important to build that like network and empowerment um, with each other and have those voices just to share your stories because that makes a huge difference. If you hear it and you know that's going on, you can help to prevent it. And again, it's, it's one of those things, it was eye-opening because for a minute there, I was like, oh, we made it, we're good, right? <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I, I like that answer because I, I do think the coming together and having a network and empowering each other is really, really critical. And I do think these organizations still have a place and I think they're going to have a place for a long time to come. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that. There's, there's the advocacy portion where, you know, working on equity as we've been talking about, but there's something about camaraderie mm-hmm. within your sex that's, that's just a powerful feeling. It's, you know, there's controversy around that, but it does provide you with a forum 
where you can be vulnerable in a different way. You can ask questions in a certain way, and that probably won't change. And I just, we, all of us have um, folks like you, Robbie, to thank for that because, you know, most of us would rather just kind of stay in our bubble and it's wonderful to have leadership that's kind of kind of keeping keeping those opportunities available for the rest of us to learn and grow so thank you i do have a question so why did you get into this industry i mean again we've been talking about it was unusual it was getting more women are getting into it but like why did you personally like let's say you're like 16 like, hey, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Like, what what brought you here? It's a little bit of an interesting story. So when I was 16, I wanted to be an artist because I wanted to create great things, right? And I also wanted to help people. But I figured there's no way I could make money at being an artist. And so I figured I could be an architect. I can create things and I can help people. I can do great buildings. And after I got out of school, I was like, you know, I'm not sure if I want to do details and how can I still help the community and was able to get a construction manager position for a nonprofit organization building. And after that job, I like, I fell in the, I fell in love with building. It is like most fun, fun career ever. And again, it's, it's something that's constantly changing. There's new problems you're solving every day, no matter what role you're in. And when you drive past it, you can look at the building and just be like, yeah, I had a, I had a hand in that. That's, that's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that, you know, all young people sort of need exposure to hearing from professionals, especially women that are doing something that kind of maybe took them by surprise, especially if it's in a male dominated field and it turns out they love it. So that's a great story. Thank you. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's interesting because so many of my peers, ones that are maybe 10 years younger than me, they're like, I always knew that I wanted to do this, but they weren't coming into the classrooms and saying that you can be construction was an option or construction management. They're like, nope, go to the design side or go into interior design. And so we've really tried to shift that mindset by going into the schools and talking more, showing them that women can be construction they can be an architect, they can be engineers. And then also it's just as important to show those little boys that, yeah, women can do that. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Love that. I love your story. I love everything that you're, you're working on and um, the advocacy that you have for, for women um, is amazing. So I'm going to switch the topic a little bit. Uh, Robbie, why don't you share something with our listeners that maybe most people don't know about you? Yeah, so this is a hard one because I feel like I'm an open book. Everyone knows everything about me because I'm out there. But um, one of the most memorable things that you might not have guessed is when I was in college, my junior year, I traveled abroad and I went abroad for school. And then um, my best friend came over and then we traveled. We visited 13 different countries and in our adventures. (laughs) Yes. That's fun. Wow. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. Yeah. As it, it, for our adventures, we hitchhiked up the art to the Arctic Circle to see Santa Claus in Finland. What? Um, we, yes, yes, he is like, real. We, we took it. It is. He is real. We, we oh, went up my there. kids will be so relieved. <laughs> <laughs> um, we bungee jumped off a gondola in the Swiss Alps. 
um, which was fun. Mm-hmm. No, wow. that is that's a it, it was so much fun. And, and it was so beautiful. You had the mountains, you had a little <gasps> river below, and oh. Um, oh, you're very brave. Uh, <laughs> and then we had this bright idea because when you're in school, you have no money, right? That you know, we can just Spain, everyone stays up late and it's warm. So we slept on the beach in Barcelona one night. I do not advise that, but it was an adventure. <laughs> I mean, this is an amazing story. For that sure. is a great story. That's awesome. How fun. How fun. Very cool. All right. We're going to switch to this segment, which I personally love. Um, and uh, it's uh, what did what did we just learn? So Chris, finish this sentence. I just learned that. I just learned that Marcus Sheridan has a book called uh, You Ask, or They Ask, You Answer. So are you ladies familiar with that book? I've heard good things. I'm familiar with him. He's got great stuff to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about this question because I knew it would be coming for the podcast. I'm like, well, I've been just, so I picked up the book and I'm an early riser. I have my coffee in the morning and I had read a little bit of something that I'm like, I'm just going to read the introduction. And I swear, if I would have had more time that day, I would have finished the book in one setting. It was like that kind of where I think I just needed it and I was ready for it. So kind of the premise of the book is that, and of course we all know this, it's something I know, it's something we share with our customers, but 70%, uh, you know, let me back up the, 70% of the purchase process happens online before ever talking to you Mm -hmm. uh, or to your company or to any company before you make a purchase today. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the big premise behind it. So you need to have good content that answers the questions for 70% of those uh, needs that somebody would have before they would ever take a next step with any product. So the the whole concept then is that you need to have a clear understanding of what your customers' questions are. You need to articulate the answers to those questions in the form of content, and then you need to publish that everywhere. So, um, you know, I think it, it was just a really good you know that I've been working on content for Gen mm-hmm. Alpha for a long time. Um, but sometimes, you know, we, we go this way and we go that way and we try to address customer questions, but this was so very specific and the rewards of it and the examples and the stories that he gave that I was just like, okay, we have to put this to work. This, this is the way that we can be incrementally better. So that's what I've been learning and um, actually working on with the team. And we're, we're trying to put some of this stuff into action. So it's just that little incremental stuff that sometimes we need a spark to point us in a direction. And that's what I've been working on. So I'm pretty passionate about it right now because I'm like, that's it. That's right. You know? You're speaking my language there. You know <laughs> hey, Marcus Sheridan, if you're listening, we would love to have you on our yes, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we would. So, Aaron, what have you learned recently? Well, thanks for asking. Total departure. Very yeah. different topic. Um, so recently I learned um, there's a term called transition for for families when they have a child that has a disability 
And what happens, you, you know, if you're a family, you have your child and it could, you know, there's a range of disabilities, but they qualify for certain programs. Um, you work within that whole system. And then when that child turns 18, you're off that. You're, you're, you have to completely, you have to find all new doctors. You have to find all new supports. It's a major, major shift for that family that there's no sort of like soft landing. And um, it's just, it's just been so interesting to me to think about how, you know, running a family is hard for everyone, but then when, you know, bureaucracy becomes part of your family, (laughs) that takes a major shift what a change that is. So um, it's very interesting. And, you know, just a, a shout out to everybody that's kind of dealing with that situation, because you have my heart, you have my compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Laurie? Tell us, I can't wait. Oh, you got all this emotional stuff, but I'm going to go geeky and nerdy again. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> I know I've talked about GA4 a little bit, but, um, and I think I've shared this with you. Uh, I do a once a month mentor chat with every member on my team, but I end the conversation with them where they have to teach me something. new. <gasps> what a great move. A great, You're great such idea. a it's servant fun. leader. I love it. Um, so it's related to GA4 and it's something I didn't know it's little, but it's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, so, and this is like Google Analytics. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, basically, Universal Analytics is is end of life very very soon here, and the, and Google rewrote the whole way they're collecting data and displaying it. Um, first, it's no longer to be focused on the user, but it's going to be focused on the event that is taking place. And one of my favorite data points is no longer going to be available, mm-hmm. um, and that would be bounce rate. And it is now engagement rate is the is actually what's going to be kind of replacing it because it's all about the event and the type of engagement that is happening within that event. So a short little nugget, but I found it fascinating. So will the engagement rate be on each event or is it still for the overall website? The the page, yeah, it'll be overall site and and you can uh, drill it down, you know, by page, Mm -hmm. but the bounce rate, um, I mean, because that would just say like someone was on the page and they left, but the engagement rate is going to take into consideration like how long they stayed on the page, how, you know, did they scroll down? Was there a rollover activity? you know, was there a video that was watched on the page or something? So it's it's really looking, it's catching up to how people are using the web today is what's okay. happening with the new um, GA4. Well, helpful tip. Thank you. Yeah, I thought I was like, good job teaching me that. <laughs> <laughs> I need to share that. Yeah, thank you. All right, Robbie, what did you just oh learn? Oh my goodness. I learned a lot about the three of you and clearly you guys are amazing. Um, I have nothing to compare to what you three have learned. Oh, I feel like I've been in a little bubble. <laughs> no, there's no comparison. Oh my goodness. No. Um, but seriously, I've been honestly, no, the, the, the newest thing I learned yesterday was when I was negotiating to get my car fixed, that my car has two catalytic converters I oh. had to pay for and not just one. Oh, <laughs> oh. Interesting. And, and how to negotiate all the auto repairs 
on a 14-year-old car because okay. it made more sense to fix it versus go and buy a new car. <laughs> oh, that's, wait a minute. The catalytic converter, what's the thing they're stealing out of the cars nowadays? That is that it? No, catalytic that? converters, they're that's really it. expensive. Do you have two? I have two. <laughs> oh, you'd be a, is that, is that a concern in terms of being a target? I mean, like, you kind of get a twofer if you. I, yeah, yeah, I have no clue. I was surprised. I actually looked online. I'm like, is he like, is this a real thing? Because I thought there was only one. That does sound, that sounds like a job for Click and Clack. Did you guys ever listen to Click and Clack? No. They're no. like these two goofball car mechanics from Boston. And so when they said car, they really said car. <laughs> and they would tell people all about their oddball things with their cars. And I think this double catalytic converter could have really given them some, uh, some grist. So I'm not going to pretend to be click or clack. Yes, that is interesting. Thank you. I see. Yeah. Wow. We all we learned something all new. Have right. Something Very to contribute. Cool. Always something. <laughs> all right, Robbie, if anyone was interested in getting in touch with you, what's the best way they can reach you? They can reach me on LinkedIn um, with my profile, which I posted as um, Roberta Oldenburg, or you can reach me at Gmail, which is roberta.oldenburg at gmail.com. Right, great. We will include all that information in our show notes. All right, this wraps up our show. Three broads wrapping it up. We want to hear from you, so please reach out. Thank you so much. It was great having you, Robbie, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. This wraps up today's broadcast. If you're looking to shake up the status quo at your organization or just want to connect with these broads, visit mfgbroadcast.com. Contact Lori Hybe for strategic digital marketing initiatives. Contact Chris Harrington for OEM and aftermarket digital solutions. And contact Aaron Courtney for web-based solutions for your complex business problems. We've got a great offer specifically for our listeners. You can find more information about the offers and your hosts at mfgbroadcasts.com.